0: Nick, it's uh, great to chat with you. Great to see you. I, I think the last time we might have saw each other in person was that really windy day in Saskatoon where we played Dakota Dunes. I actually wore a toque, and it, w- it might have been the windiest day I've ever played golf. I, I we, we couldn't believe it, but we got to watch some good hockey and had some good company that day.
1: Yeah, it feels like yesterday. Uh, not really. <laughs> Man, yeah. Uh, No, but in all honesty, uh, some great memories out there, of course, hanging out with your brother, uh, all those years at Sportsnet, covering uh, uh, Memorial Cups uh, with Darren and Doug McLean at the time, and uh, John Shannon was involved. It was uh, some fantastic times and uh, dear memories, uh, including that particular day, Dino.
0: Yeah, it was it was a busy day on the golf course, and and you've been busy as well. Uh, before we get into our, our five big storylines for the NHL this season, let's talk about next rewards. I was checking it out on Monday night during the Dodgers game, which helped me get over the Dodgers completely collapsing in the playoffs but this is a neat um uh, kind of a, an alternative to to some of the things that are out there it's a neat sports gaming app that is non gambling tell me a little bit about next rewards
1: well this is something that uh i kind of dove into during the pandemic you know lots of times uh to to be at home and and reflect and we knew that uh at least uh when it was introduced to me i knew that uh, the whole world was going to get flooded with uh, uh, legalized uh, sports gaming uh, betting with real money. So uh, this was one of the things that I looked at that went against that grain, uh, that still offered everything that's out there. And we know what what it means to you or me, Dino, when we watch uh, pro sports, that we can't do it without our phones. We're either... Uh, texting somebody or looking up stats while we're watching and this is another way to engage in the game but without using real money no credit cards uh, uh, involved this is a free app that enables you to have questions brought to you i.e will they kick a a 45 uh, yard field goal will this major league baseball player get on base at this bat will the The Edmonton Oilers and Connor McDavid score a power play goal in the next two minutes. So all of these come into play. And if you guess correctly, you get reward points. You don't get real money. You're not not getting rich. But what you are able to do is now collect these reward points and redeem them in our catalog. And what's in our catalog? The good old uh, Canadian Timmy Hortons. uh, Starbucks is involved. Swiss Chalet. Bass fishing, I mean, there's a lot of things. Uh, Uber, mm-hmm. uh, and you just go redeem the points and then, uh, you know, you're, you're in a position to get something for nothing. And, uh, of course, the play for us is involving the corporate world that wouldn't necessarily be involved with uh, real uh, gambling, a chance to interact uh, with the people that love their, uh, their product. So uh, I, I think it's great if you go to... Uh, nextrewards.app you can download it and if you use kipper19 i will give you the first 250 points
0: well i like i said i used it i was i was trying to motivate the dodgers uh, by by guessing <laughs> the correct things for them it didn't work but it was a lot of fun and i can only imagine what it will be like on NFL Sundays or the big yes. Saturday nights, big Wednesday nights when there's so much yeah. going on. So uh, I, yeah. I'm looking forward to diving it into a lot more. And, and I like that it's it's a non-gambling alternative without real money in that. So it's um, I, I, I think it's just a, a, a little bit more. I I, I don't know if the word safer or, or whatever it is, but a little bit it's, more accessible for a lot of people.
1: You know dean the, the the term we use is risk free like if you if you guess incorrectly you lose the ability to earn points you don't lose your points uh, you don't lose any money it's just um again a, a different way to engage in the game bring that connection closer risk-free and that's uh that's what we like best and and keep an eye down the road we're gonna when we advance it you will have a chance to bet maybe 100 of your points that the Leafs will lose on a Saturday night with me.
0: <laughs> I love it. All right, that leads us into our uh, five storylines for the NHL season that we're going to talk about. And, and how do we not start with the guy everybody is talking about, Connor Bedard, And I'll throw the number out 85 and a half points over or under for Mr. Bedard, 85 and a half points in Chicago. And what are your thoughts on Bedard? You know, we saw McDavid a few years back, I guess eight years back now, uh, after the 2015 draft. The hype is real for Bedard. I got to see him live a lot out West. Your thoughts on Connor Bedard in Chicago, and will he beat 85 and a half points?
1: Well, uh, my first thoughts is I absolutely love him, like the rest of the hockey world. And my second thoughts is that he will come just underneath the 85. Um, to, to come into the league and, and be a point-of-game guy, uh, only a, a dozen or so have, have really been able to do that uh, you know, over the course of a very long time. But that's not saying that it won't be a successful year for him. I do believe that he can knock on the door of, of 75 points and maybe with some luck, a point a game um but outside of that it's still going to be very difficult as he goes against different competition and 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 big men on a nightly basis and that may also speak not 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 so much about uh you know maybe the the lack of faith i have in in hitting that number from his talent but what's around him in chicago and who's going to get him the puck on a nightly basis and you know how hot can can other guys get like Uh, taylor hall uh, to help him get to that magic 85 points i'm I'm not high on chicago just as of yet Um, but there's no question individually he has the capabilities of putting up some big numbers already
0: What did you make of uh, the the shootout attempt, Marc-Andre Fleury? Kind of almost people are saying it was his welcome to the NHL moment. I I like that Fleury was like, hey, you tried a great move on me, but I'm a a veteran. And I love that uh, Bedard tried this move. I I think it was a a really cool kind of preseason moment. We don't get a lot of great preseason moments, Kipper. I thought that was one of them.
1: Well, listen, I, there's going to be times when he tries things and we're going to have that wow factor and it'll go viral within the first 10 or 15 seconds. And there's going to be other times when he tries things um, that it doesn't work out uh, in, in that instance. Uh, but the bottom line is he's got the confidence and he's got the the skill and he, he's got the swagger to, to, to put it out on the line uh, when he plays. And that's what makes the players... Of this caliber so special is that he's willing on any given night uh, to go and and put things on the line and you know most often than not this guy's gonna look really really good because he is uh he's that skilled uh you know very very seldom do players like this come into the league probably about you know seven to ten years um and uh you know the one thing that stands out for me more than anything Uh, Dino is is his shot. Uh, At such a young age, to have one of the best releases I've ever seen uh, uh, just amazes me, and I've been around the game a long time, and I think I said it uh, in my article last week in the Toronto Star, what Connor McDavid is to skating, Bedard will be to shooting the puck. Uh, It's that magical.
0: Yeah, it, it really is. That release, it's it's almost a little bit deceptive at times. You, you're really not sure what what the release point is. So you just mentioned McDavid. Um, the question I have for our top five storylines with McDavid is. Uh, Can he get to 170 points? I mean, the number, the expectations for this guy just keep climbing. At some point, there's going to be a ceiling, maybe. Uh, I I don't think we're going to be talking about 200-plus points with McDavid at some point, but who knows. But is 170 a realistic number for McDavid, which would be out of this world for people that have only watched hockey in the last 25 years?
1: Yeah, you know... Dean, when, when I hear people talking about those types of numbers or, or the ceiling beyond that, um, you know, from an entertainment point of view and, and what you think may may grow the game, uh, yeah, those numbers seem to be uh, important or, or realistic to some. But I, I don't think, you know, Dean, the Edmonton Oilers need him to score 170 points uh, to be successful here. And... You know, I kind of look back at uh, a Stevie Iserman's situation when he was scoring numbers in that ballpark when he first broke into Detroit. Uh, you know, he was a 60-plus goal scorer. He was knocking on the door of 170 points and, and still a lack of success. And when the focus became to, to completely be that 200-foot player and, and spread the wealth a little bit, uh, Detroit started moving uh, north in, in a positive direction. I I think it is possible that he can score 100 points. I throw this, Dino. Do they do they need that? You know, is it about team defense from here on in, from getting great goaltending to being in the right place at the right time defensively? That to me is a bigger concern for for the success of the Edmonton Oilers than if Connor can contribute another 25 or 30 points from last season.
0: It's such a good point, and I mean, historically, you look at teams that peak offensively, other than maybe the Edmonton Oilers, who just kept going up in a crazy era. But historically, teams get to that point, and then you know the the points come down a little bit, but the overall team success goes up, and that's a a perfect example uh, for for Steve Iserman. um This is an oiler team that is just gonna get so many points on the power play at five on five. They don't have to take as many chances.
1: No, they they don't, and you know they've they've added some additional depth with Connor Brown, and I love him, and I think he is a responsible player. Um, for for me, again, you know, two favorite teams in 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 Canada we know are the Edmonton Oilers and the Toronto Maple Leafs, and yet uh, we do question whether or not that uh, both blue lines are are ready to take a, a next step. So. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to the offense, uh, we know Evan Bouchard is capable. Uh, can he have a, a a big career year with the likes of uh, you know McDavid and Drysital to follow it up? Will it alleviate a lot of the pressures on on Darnell Nurse? And of course, um, you know, as long as Eckholm is healthy, um, he alone uh, takes the Edmonton Oilers to another level for their first time uh, having him. For for one complete season, um, you know, in the oiler uniform.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're, you are you kind of nailed it there with the blue line. One struggle of a blue liner, one injury to a blue liner, and then you're going with Cody Ceci and those guys into the top four, and those are only stopgap measures. So uh, defensively is where this team needs to improve, is, and I think they could use, you know, a big season from Broberg, uh, Bouchard probably could get 20 just on that power play alone. But it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, you talk about the Leafs and the Oilers being entertaining teams, and they are off defensively but sometimes that doesn't get it all done uh, what is entertaining is scoring goals and we had 550 goal scorers last year two in the 60s this is awesome i mean i remember the times when and you remember when guys were winning the rocket richard with less than 50 goals and that almost should never happen so to have 550 goal scorers last year was amazing for me. Do you think we have five? Do you think we have more? What do you think for 50 goal scorers this year? Because goal scoring certainly seems to be a trend on the rise.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, uh, it's definitely trending in that. And let's not forget, Dean, from from the get-go coming out of the lockout in 2004, the league has just been doing nothing but putting the players in position to open up the game from the original uh, – uh clutching and grabbing disappearing uh to to the rule changes puck over the glass offensive zone faceoffs, uh uh picking your side everything has been geared for the shooter and unfortunately for uh, the goalies it's it's going in the wrong <laughs> direction but yeah we've got some great guys that can put the puck in the net and you know whether it's uh A Nathan McKinnon now who's ready to to go to 50. Uh, Jack Hughes, uh, you know, Willie Nylander. uh, We think in here in Toronto, he could score 35-40 with his eyes closed. If he puts a little bit more consistency in his game, he could be knocking on 50. Uh, Most teams aren't short of of guys with that type of potential. To be over half a dozen, I think, should be a real easy bet
0: yeah i i think it's uh just amazing and and i think for sure uh, we can get past the five all right right off the bat there are some coaches that are on the hot seat uh what nhl teams and their fan bases are asking questions about their coach right off the bat in the season do we have some coaches on the hot seat already
1: no no dean we we don't uh just take a look at uh half a dozen teams with brand new coaches, right. From Washington to the, to the Rangers. I mean, we, have got, we've, I think we've got coaches that are in play. And of course we know the ones that aren't going anywhere, uh, and are considered some of the better coaches, uh, you know, over the last few years, like a, a John Cooper and, uh, and a Rod Brendamore. But, you know, we've also got, uh, Coaches that have been around that just got extensions. Todd uh, McC- uh, McClellan in, uh, in Edmonton. Uh, we've got uh, Sheldon Keefe with a brand new contract. So I, I don't think there's really anybody in real danger. Now, if you look you know, past Christmas and there's a few teams maybe on the outside looking in and a couple of voices that may get tiresome. Uh, to the players, maybe one guy I would keep an eye on, you know, in the back half of the season would be Craig Barubi. How's that?
0: Yeah, and and uh, th- it's been a situation where he won a cup, and then that that voice kind of, that message just, Dies off after a while. Coaches in general have short shelf lives, and then sometimes the harder coaches seem to be uh, an even shorter shelf life, the Sutter's and and, and et cetera. All yeah. right. Your Stanley Cup final is and will a Canadian team end the 30-year draw? I can't believe it. Like 30 years. That's, that's as long as my when I graduated high school, there hasn't been a Stanley Cup champion. But who's your yeah. Stanley Cup final this year, and will a Canadian team be in it and end it? Yeah. um,
1: I unfortunately have to say that the the drought continues in Canada. I think Toronto's uh, uh, destined to go deeper. I think the Oilers are destined to go deeper, but I just don't know between now and the trade deadline, if there is uh, enough room to to solidify uh, uh, a blue line, uh, some more toughness when it comes to Toronto, a, a better shutdown guy. I don't think that they're quite there uh, just yet. So I've got uh, a Carolina coming out of the East, and I've got a, a Dallas Stars coming out of the West. And uh, I believe I went with the Dallas Stars to win the Stanley Cup as you know, somewhat of a of a long shot. I know there's a lot of people out there that. Disagree with me and would go safer with the uh, the Oilers or or Vegas defending or even Colorado coming back. But I, I think the Dallas Stars are a big strong team and and Ottinger I, I really like between the pipes.
0: I'm with you, man. I got Dallas coming out of the West, too. Uh, you know, they add Duchesne, Robertson, Ottinger, Heiskanen. They're a year older. When your third center is Tyler Sagan, you're you're doing pretty well. I think yeah. people might be sleeping on the stars. I know Vegas. I know Edmonton is popular and, and obviously Colorado. But I like Dallas just like you. So uh, I, I like that choice for sure. And, and we talk about ending a Canadian drought. Uh, you ended uh, a drought in New York. You helped to end that drought in 1990 uh how often do you go back to that like 29 years uh and now for that championship do you drift back to that constantly I know people ask you about it a lot but is it on the forefront of your mind I can't imagine winning a Stanley Cup and not thinking about it every day yeah yeah uh
1: well first and foremost uh you know what's been great as a retired player is watching the growth of the NHL alumni and uh You know, it's been around for a while, but when it transitioned from Mark Napier to Glenn Healy, it just seemed like it it went to another level. So the support out there for ex-players has never been better. And and the growth of respective alumni has never been better. And, uh, you know, I played with four teams in the National Hockey League. And uh, I was I was fortunate enough to win a Stanley Cup in New York, and their alumni is just absolutely amazing. Always in a position every year to go back for a few days, and you know when it, when you go through May, uh, Madison Square Garden, it's still, believe it or not, thirty years later, we're, we're looking at some familiar faces, and you know it's just a a flood of emotion going back to nineteen ninety four and you know uh remembering Steve Larmer's words moments after we won the Stanley Cup was that we're going to walk together and they can never take this away from us and every year we 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 feel it uh when we when we go back I was also fortunate enough to go to the Washington Capitals alumni event last weekend and it's growing and it's it's getting better all the time so Great opportunities for players, uh, ex-players, to still stay involved with their respective clubs, uh, network, uh, move forward with their business ventures, and uh, certainly I I feel blessed uh, being a part of it.
0: Do you have a favorite Marc Messier story that you like to tell that sums up, you know, I don't know how you would sum up what he meant to that team in that run, but, you know, what what do you remember from Messier in, in the '94?
1: Yeah, well, listen. I mean, I I could sit here for hours and tell you stories on Mark and the type of person he was, but um, the the one that probably stands out the most to me was after getting traded uh, from Hartford to New York that year, he took me out for lunch, and it's just me and him. And one of the questions you know I I asked him is that uh, you know I've noticed uh, the last little while like you don't. you you won five Stanley cups and you don't wear your rings ever. And if I was you, I'd, I'd wear them everywhere (laughs) at the end of my nose. I pierced my nose with one of your Stanley cup rings. Um, I said, uh, you you don't like wearing them. Uh, you know, where are they? And he said, well, they're in a shoebox, uh, you know, back in the Hilton head. And, uh, and then he paused for a moment And then he asked me, how come you don't wear yours? And I kind of felt a little kind of uh, perplexed. I don't know whether or not he's legitimately asking or he's confused me with someone else, or he's teasing me a little bit. But I said, Mark, uh, of course, you know, I don't have one. And then he turns around and he says to me, okay, I'll make you a deal. Uh, when you can wear yours, I'll wear mine and there was just a a flood of emotion for me to sit there and go, wow, he he thinks we're going to win the Stanley cup this year. And, uh, that's when it really dawned on me that I'm not in Hartford anymore, man. (laughs) I'm, I'm with a guy that's done it already. And he thinks, he thinks I'm going to get one this year and we're going to wear them together, uh, in the future. And I just, I thought that was an amazing feeling for me, uh, in, in my career and it's still, I still feel like it, we had lunch yesterday.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're not in Kansas anymore. When, when that uh, story happens going from Hartford to, to New York, that's uh that's the the biggest difference right there. Uh, really quickly. Do you think we will see NHL players in the Olympics and is it important?
1: Yeah, I don't have it as a slam dunk, uh, to be honest with you. I, I know how the players feel, but, uh, But, you know, there's there's the money component in all of this. And that's where sometimes the players, you know, just don't probably remind themselves enough that this is a multi-billion dollar industry. And, uh, you know, once again, to shut down the league to play in the Olympics, what does that mean? And who's insuring these contracts and who's paying for chartered flights who's paying for uh you know whatever you need uh, outside of you know the the regular things that you need during a hockey season there's some big dollars involved and is the wiha f picking it up is it uh, the players association is the nhl it's one thing to go there and it's another thing to actually have it cost you money um once they get over the the logistics of, of who pays for what, we'll see how it unfolds. But, you know, we know there's, there's challenging times, you know, financially uh, around the world right now from higher interest rates to, you know, uh, expenses. And we've seen the league now work through two uh, financial crisis. One is with the regional coverage uh, down south, and the second one is a, a long-term uh, beverage deal they did with BioSteel, who's run into some challenges and, and is now uh, uh, in, in the hands of, uh, I guess, uh, the legal courts on whether or not they'll declare bankruptcy or they'll get sold. So m- money's tight out there. Once they figure out who pays for what and how much they're willing to, to pay, the like I said, the WIHF, who, who don't want to pay um, as of now, will get a clearer idea where this thing goes.
0: Kipper, this has been so much fun. Uh, can't wait to uh, see you uh, doing Leaf games. Obviously, a real Kipper and Bourne, 4-6 on Sportsnet 590. Uh, and, of course, next rewards. Uh, people can check it out. And uh, it, like I did, drown their sorrows of their favorite team sucking by getting some some points and some <laughs> rewards. So thanks so much for joining me. I hope we can do it again sometime and and maybe get out and play some windy golf again.
1: It sounds good, Dean. Thanks for the time and uh, thanks for uh, letting me share the story of uh, Next Rewards.